Dude, we don't care who listening and who not listening. About a little pacer pod. All right, here we go. Welcome to another episode of the Pacers Pod. Recording nine games into the into the eighty-two game regular season for the Pacers this year, and things have gotten things have gotten a little better. Things are things are um, more in line with what uh, we were hoping for as Pacer fans to start this new era, um, but. It's good. It's good. It's it's good to be a Pacers fan right now. Um, so the last time I recorded a pod, it was off to a rough start. The Pacers were zero and three, and then we've been able to now go. It's it's crazy how quick these games come. It's like every other day there seems to be a game, um, but it's just it's like wow. They it's already been um, six games since I've done a podcast, but. So now we're five and four. Um, we so they beat the they beat the Nets, which was the first win of the season. Unfortunately, that's when Turner got injured, uh, which I'll talk a little bit about later. Uh, but that was a good win. It was uh, the Nets are probably um, most. I, I think the Nets are probably going to be a playoff team in the East. It was a road game. Um, the Nets definitely didn't play like super good, but uh, the Pacers got the win and got the first one. Then they came home. Uh, for two games against the Cavs and Bulls, won both of those games. Those are good to see because uh, it's like those are teams that we should beat. Um, then we lost this crazy game at Charlotte. It went into overtime. Um, frustrating because the Pacers were up by like 15 and maybe even in the second half even uh, and kind of let let the Hornets come back, uh, which the Hornets, you know, I think they have a winning record right now and they're they're in the playoffs to start, you know, these first nine to 10 games of the season, which is still a super small sample size, uh, but it's um, like a 10th of the season already is done in the first couple of weeks. But uh, anyway, so the Pacers got that, they lost to Charlotte um, and then they had a home win against the Wizards, another trash team. And then uh, just last Friday, uh, they beat Detroit finally for the first time. And so uh, now they're five and four, they are, I think, in like sixth place in the Eastern Conference right now. Uh, and things are, you know, things are looking a lot better for the Pacers. And so uh, on this po- on this episode, I just want to talk of like, all right, 10 games in or nine games in. Uh, what are the what are my uh, thoughts and feelings about uh, this season so far? Like, um, and so to start with. The, the thing that kind of jumps out to me the most, and I think this is very good, is that uh, the team seems really happy. The morale is high. Um, and that was even the case uh, through the rough start of the season. And I think the players know, like, man, you know, we got a lot of injuries. Uh, we're a new team. Um, so there's a lot, like, I don't know, I guess... Uh, they didn't paint like they didn't panic whenever things got off to a rough start. And um, I think that they've been pretty locked in this whole year and they seem to be able to deal with these injuries. Um, I've been so impressed uh, with how, how the guys on the, that the back end of our bench have been playing 
these big minutes. But um, yeah, the team just seems happy. And uh, the only, I don't know, like Miles Turner maybe doesn't give me like super happy vibes at the moment. I don't know why necessarily exactly, but um, it could just be like, so, so, so sometimes I watch the, uh, actually, I kind of watch them a lot more this year than I did last year, but the interviews, um, like before the game and after the games, uh, just because I like, I like um, getting to, even though it's only like 30 seconds or a minute um, of, of a player answering a question, which oftentimes they just seem to be like annoyed by these questions, but uh, I don't know. It, regardless, Turner to me is the one that always seems a little, uh, I don't know, just kind of disinterested. And it might just be the fact that he doesn't want to talk in front of camera. So I don't know. But uh, to me, he might. Uh, what was I trying to even say there? Oh, yeah. Just basically like I think everybody's really happy. And maybe Turner is the only one that doesn't seem like quite as happy. But he's kind of had a rough start, obviously, being injured um, the last couple. I think he miss, he's only played four games. And um you know, another thing with Turner, it's like those the the four games that he played, I don't recall him really getting those uh those block shots, those smothered chickens. Like he maybe only like he might only be averaging like a block a game, I would maybe maybe two blocks a game, but he's definitely not um in the league leading category right now. And so that might be kind of affecting his morale coming coming off of a season last year where he led the league in blocks. So, and I'm sure just being injured kind of sucks, but um, anyways, kind of went off on a little tangent there, but I think that the, you know, it's a, it's a good sign to see this team uh, being happy and um, they've, there's this thing that they talk about, it's called next man up, dealing with all the injuries that, that the Pacers have had to start the season. And it's, uh, it's pretty cool because they're actually, I mean, we haven't, we haven't played like great teams so far, but um it's been crazy to see like guys that are like deep in our bench. Like I didn't even think they would play like Jakar Sampson. And um, to some degree, like, I don't know, like I'll get into that a little bit later, I guess, but um, they just, the, I just like the morale of the team. And um, I think that they're establishing their identity. It seems to be that they talk about defense a lot, which is good. And they haven't made any excuses through these losses. You know, it's just like, they're like, we we just got to keep getting better. Um, and uh, it's good. It's good. It's good to see that this team is uh, is feeling uh, happy and feeling like they've got their best yet to come. Uh, it's, it's nice because going into my next kind of thought about the season so far, it's like, man, there's, there's just a, in my opinion, a t there should be a ton of optimism in the air for the Pacers. Um, this new era, because if you think about it, like it was kind of like last year, you know, we knew that team was not gonna, or we didn't know at the time it, what the Pacers were gonna do, but uh, we knew that there was a lot of uncertainty in the air with like Bogey and Thad and Corey Joseph and Collison. And I think we had six free agents last year. And uh, coming into this year, it's like, we know what our team's gonna be. Um, for the next two years at least and then um really to an extension like next three four years um but this squad's set for the next two years we've got 12 guys under contract for next year so the only guys that i think um who who wouldn't be under under contract i think justin holiday and 
Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know, but it, I, well, I'll probably get to that it, by just naming some of the guys I know are under contract. But anyways, so the next two years, this team is set. After that, after the the summer of uh, 2021, that's when uh, Victor Oladipo becomes a free agent. So it's like that could be a um, ch- like change the identity of a team just based off of personnel. But we know for the next two years, this is what we got. Uh, we got Oladipo as the leader. Uh, Brogdon, Turner, Sabonis, um, and then even our role guys like TJ Lamb or TJ TJ uh, Warren and Jeremy Lamb. Um, I think the question that we have to ask, you know, with this new era of the Pacers, is it is this a team that can win an NBA championship in in the next? Um, I wouldn't say two years, but I would say next four years. Can the Pacers be good enough to win NBA championship? Um, like they don't have that superstar player. Like they don't have a Kawhi Leonard or a Giannis um, or like even somebody like a James Harden or uh, like, you know, they don't have a top 15 player. But I think there's a chance that the Pacers could have like four of the top 40 or like six of the top 50 or 60 players and really just have like a lot of like really like above average players. Um, And then either Oladipo being the lone um, captain of this team, or maybe we have our own version of a dynamic duo and it's with Oladipo and Brogdon together in this new era and I kind of think that's probably going to be what the identity of the team probably ends up being. Cause I Brogdon's been so good that it's hard to imagine when Vic comes back that it, Brogdon's going to um, like become less important to our team. Like he to, like, it's, but that's the thing. I guess that'll be the question that we have to figure out when Oladipo comes back is how do those guys play together? Who brings up the, like, um, I think it'll. I think it's going to work out because Brogdon doesn't care if he how many points he scores. So, but he could. I mean, he's already averaging like nine nine assists a game to start this season. Um, I have, you know, it could just be a couple bad games, but like the last two games uh, that I've watched with Brogdon, he seems just a little tired. Um, but it's like, man, I know that they. It feels like they've been playing games every other game, and Brogdon's been logging pretty big minutes, and um, it would make sense that he's a little gassed. So. Uh, I'm not saying that's the case, but he just seems like he's not quite as, uh, as, uh, I don't know. It could also just be my perception. His shot wasn't falling. And so maybe I'm like, well, that means he's tired. But, uh, it, it, anyways, like th- this is the start of a new era. Will the, will the Pacers be able to win a championship? Um, I, I think that there's, I think that they have a chance. I do. I think that there's a chance that they have a lot of, um, like uh, chemistry and kind of a selflessness to the team that maybe will allow them to be a, a contender. And I think that, that, that that's very possible. Um, I mentioned, you know, that's, we've got like Oladipo locked in for the next two years, but then if you look into the, th- the three years from now, even, and this is where it could get interesting. Like, let's say that Oladipo comes back like we planned 
and he gets up to maybe not 100% of what he was last year or the year prior uh, this year, but uh, maybe next season he hits he gets his stride back a bit and he's 95% of the player that he was before the injury. Who knows? Maybe he'll be better. He seems pretty locked in, um, at least in all of his interviews or anytime I've heard him talk about it. He seems like he expects to be... Um, he expects that the best basketball of his career is yet to come. So who knows? Hopefully it is. Um, but going into that summer, it's like, man, it's. I hope that that's the I hope Vic comes back and he's looking good and he decides to sign with the resign with the Pacers. Um, but that's like I'm not going to speculate because I don't know how Vic necessarily feels about the Pacers um, long term. I think that he wants to do something special and win a championship, and so. To me, it seemed I can't imagine him leaving because I feel like he's he's kind of got what he wanted now in Indiana uh, with with this group of team. It allows him to be the alpha. It's like this is his team. Um, so hopefully he resigns with the Pacers, like another four year deal. And now you're looking at we going into that third season after Vic gets paid. Um, if they can do that, I hope the Pacers can do that. I don't know their contracts and shit, but like hopefully they resign Vic. And then going into that third year, they've got eight guys on our team right now that are under contract heading into their prime, okay? Because think, if you think of the ages of the team, our oldest guy is Justin Holiday, and he's 30. And then there's like, I think the next oldest guy is 27, and it's maybe Brogdon and maybe uh, McDermott or McConnell. There's kind of like a group that's like in that, bottom, they're, they're entering their prime. Um, and I think those, it's crazy because those are like our role players, Um McConnell, McDermott, uh, Ju- or Justin Holiday. Really, I mean, I, th- I mean, he's he's in his prime. But let me back up a second and just set like, okay, here it is. Set the table for um, three years down the road for this Pacers team. And I'm talking about three years down the road just because I'm trying to answer the question: Could the Pacers win an NBA championship in the next two to four years? And so. Eight or three years from now, we under contract already. We have uh, Miles Turner, Domas Sabonis, Malcolm Brogdon, TJ Warren, Jeremy Lamb, Edmund Sumner, Aaron Holiday, Goga Batatse. We have those eight guys for the next three years under contract. Um, I mean, I think uh, right there could be an eight man rotation. With the addition of Victor, it's like, I, that could be really good. I think that could be really, really good. Uh, and that's one of the points I wanted to make on this podcast is that we should be optimistic as Pacer fans about this next three or four seasons and not get too um, bogged down early in the season here because I think, I don't think we're out of the woods yet uh, when it comes to the wins and losses for the next couple weeks. Um, it's nice to see that we're beating the teams that we should uh, but we're about to play some tough tough opponents and so I think that there's a there's a good chance that we could struggle a little bit more too but it's it's overall it's it's a it's a good it's a really good time to be a Pacers fan and the forecast looks great in my opinion I think that this team's going to be very competitive we're gonna we're gonna win some playoff series in this next era. Hopefully, we make a run to the finals. Um, 
But you obviously, there's a lot of good players standing in the way. A lot of good teams, Philadelphia, uh, Milwaukee, Boston. They're, they're, they're trying to get the same thing. So uh, it'll be interesting to see what the Pacers can do um, in this new era. Something else that I've noticed in the, in the beginning of this season that is good. The, we've been getting big, big, big contributions from players that I don't even think should be in our rotation when we reach the playoffs, but they're making huge impacts um, in the early regular season, dealing through these injuries. This, these are the players who are embodying the next man up uh, mantra that, that the Pacers, Pacers are talking about. Um, TJ McConnell, I'm, I'm, I'm very, very, very happy to see TJ McConnell as an Indiana Pacer. I was telling Lindsay the other night, like, I, I love this guy. He, I love having him on the team. Um, you listen to the interviews of him and like what he says about the team and what he thinks about his role. Um, he seems to be kind of an emotional leader for the team and someone who can kind of like, he's just like a spark plug that we, that the Pacers, I think really need. And it's, it's great. And he's been good. He's played, he's played well. And, and this is coming off of his best night where he had like 17 points, nine assists, five rebounds, I think. I mean, he was playing awesome against Detroit. Uh, so I'm a little biased, but uh, I've, his playmaking's been really good. I've liked it. I've, it's been nice. Um, I love how intense he plays. Like to me, that's the, his best asset by far. He is an elite um, intensity player. Like he's, I just love how he picks guys up full court. I've said that a million times. I love how he gets into guys on the on the perimeter. And he just always seems to be in the mix. And I love having a guy coming off the bench that brings that to our team. And he also seems to be a great teammate because um, this was something I, was, I caught during the last broadcast. When McConnell was doing well, it was like um, Quinn Buckner and oh, Chris Denari, they were saying, you know, got like the, the Pacer, uh, TJ McConnell's teammates, the other Pacers, um, were going crazy as he was getting all these buckets. And in, and they were saying, you know, like, oh, because he's always looking to set other guys up, which he is because he's averaging like over five, like four or five assists a game and in fairly limited minutes. So um, TJ McConnell's been, been very good. I, I, I'm very happy with him. And I, so we have him under contract maybe for just like the next two years. Or he might be, I don't know, I need to look that up probably. But uh, for this season, and I, th I think we've got him for two. Uh, but you know what, let me go back. What was that? We have 12 guys under contract. I didn't list who they were, but anyways. Uh, Doug McDermott, another player, veteran guy coming off the bench who I feel like has had, a, has had a strong season to begin with. Like the shot hasn't been elite, elite, elite yet, which is what one of the things when I look at Doug McDermott and I think about him, as being part of, if, I, if I'm thinking about the next three years or four years for the Pacers, uh, do I want McDermott to be on that team? I do if he becomes an elite shooter. And I don't think he's hit that yet, but to start the season, he's at least gunning for it. Um, that's the thing I noticed about McDermott. It's, this year, he seems to be more aggressive with his shot. He's, he, he's not, uh, he doesn't seem to be hesitant at all. Um, I think it's probably because I've heard we haven't seen uh, results of this yet, but like three point shooting for the Pacers is one of those things where it sounds like they want to shoot more threes. Uh, but they haven't necessarily done that. I think they're still last in the NBA in three point attempts. 
Plus, they're not really even hit, having a good percentage. Uh, but McDermott's one of those guys that I've heard him talk about it in interviews. Like, you know, coaches, coach talks about us shooting more threes. And therefore, I think McDermott is feels like he has the green light to fire away. And I think that's going to hopefully um, kind of unleash him as a bench player, as someone who um, maybe maybe would be someone who we would play in a playoff series uh, as a rotation player. And he's shown flashes of that. I think he had a game, one of these games, he had like 19 points. He's still doing a really good job with the cutting and getting like lay, like getting good layups and stuff. Um, so the jury's still out on McDermott, but he's he's had a, a pretty strong start to the season. And then the last veteran player um, who's been a real nice addition is Justin Holiday. Um, he to me he's 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 looked like a respectable three and D guy. He's like six five or what six six maybe six seven um, long, and he's played really good perimeter defense for us. Uh, I mean, not overwhelmingly. Like he, I'm, yeah, you know, he, he has, I, th- and that's the thing. It's hard because it's like, I'm thinking, I'm thinking like, yeah, he, sh- he kind of like, uh, I don't know how to say it. It's like, I don't know how he would do against Giannis or Harden or I don't know, even Chris Paul. Like it's one thing to put him on a guy like Luke Kennard or something, but like, I don't know about the elite players. So but the thing is, in this in the scheme of things, Justin Holiday is just he's a role player for us off the bench, and he's respectable three and D guy. He's he's shown games where he can hit the three, and he mixes it up, um, and it it's been nice. He's carried the team, or not carried the team, but like on the bench, he's he's doing really well. Um, I've kind of hinted to this already, but like, so I I, I really like those three bit uh, bench players that we have right there. And moving forward throughout the season, I think it's going to be nice to have that extra depth because what I would hope to see as we get um, into this even more, and I'm going to talk about the younger guys a little bit later, is I'd rather see probably Aaron Holiday and Goga and Edmund Sumner kind of stepping in as those bench players that we're going to play. I guess just because I probably like the upside of those guys a little bit more. But McConnell, McDermott, Justin Holiday. Um, they've been nice. They've been nice to have on this team. We haven't played anybody uh, really good yet. And and that's one of the things that's like, well, a lot of this stuff that I'm like, a lot of these positives that I'm saying about the team, um, it could be kind of fool's gold because I don't know how this team holds up to the top talent, the top teams, the top teams in the NBA. Like we haven't played a contender yet. Uh, but Probably by the time I do the next podcast, we will have done that. And that starts on Friday the 15th. We are we go to Houston, who's got James Harden, T, or not TJ Warren, James Harden and uh, Russell Westbrook, Clint Capella. Uh, the Rockets are our top four team probably in the West. And then, so that's on Friday night in Houston. Then the Pacers fly back to Indianapolis. Uh, and then Saturday night, Giannis comes to town for the first time and we go up against Eastern Conference contender Milwaukee Bucks division rival Eastern Conference contender um those are those that's going that's when I'm going to have a much stronger opinion on some of these players that the Pacers have I think is like seeing how they play against the top teams in the league 
because we have to have guys that can compete against the top teams because uh, that's what the playoffs are. And so it's one thing to look good against Charlotte and Wizard and the Wizards, but you got to look good against the Rockets and the Buck and the Bucks and and the Celtics and those teams as well, uh, who are who are good. Um, but we'll see. You can't you can't hold it against the Pacers yet. They have the schedule is what it is. But um, we're five and four, which is okay. And it could get hairy here it, with these with this next week. And uh, but another good thing that I've been super 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 happy about. This might be the number one thing I'm happy about is Malcolm Brogdon and. Domas Sabonis have been so much better uh, than I was even hoping for to start the season. Uh, I think earlier I mentioned Brogdon's last two games have been a little shaky, uh, but the start to his season, and you look at it as just the the first, um, you know, kind of the first nine games of the season, Brogdon's been incredible. Uh, He's, he's just an, he's an amazing point guard. Like he's not only, Statistically, he's I think he's second in the in the NBA in assists, only behind like LeBron. Um, he's his he, the one thing he hasn't actually done yet is is uh, shoot the ball very well, and so I'd like to see that come back. But Brogdon, he's averaging twenty points, nine nine assists, four rebounds. He's the floor general for the Pacers. He makes things happen. He's a little flashy at times, which I really like. Um, he seems to have like a calming presence uh, for this Pacers team at least for me as a fan, um, I just feel so calm with, when Brogdon has the ball because he's got like a crazy assist to turnover rate. Like he doesn't turn the ball over really. And he's basically, when he shoots it, you just feel like it's going to go in. And especially at the free throw line, my God, he's a godsend. My God, he is a godsend from the free throw line. Brogdon is 43 of 44 to start the season uh, from the line. And he goes in there and, you know, like one of the things that I've just kind of come to realize this past week is that the the rim on an NBA at an NBA game must be it's it's I think it's mic'd. I think it might be mic'd because when Brogdon shoots, it's like, like, and I went to a game with my friend and I was like, here's a little white, you know, because it was so wet and uh what was it? Maybe, anyways. Um, Brogdon's been sweet. Brogdon's been real sweet to have on the team, and he's all, he's on the team for the next four years. Four years, eighty-five million. Brogdon's a star. Um, I'm gonna save this for after I, until I talk about Sabonis, who's been the other bright spot on this. I've just been blown away with how good Sabonis has looked. Um, he is dealing with a little bit of a, I think it's a calf contusion, is what they're calling it. And it's just like a sore calf, I think. Um, and so he's missed game, maybe games, but he's not missed as many as Miles Turner. And he's played a lot of minutes at the center position without Turner there. And um, Sabonis looks really good. He's averaging 20 points, 13 rebounds, three assists. Um, Sabonis is a guy that's been... He's starting to hit his free throws this year, and I was thinking that this this is like the this is the Brogdon effect, and the fact that like Jeremy Lamb can shoot free throws and T.J. Warren's a good free throw shooter who's he's actually not shooting three free throws well yet this year, but like I was that's one of the things about last year's team that was so frustrating was like they would just 
they would miss so many free throws. And Sabonis was the perfect example. He was a 72. Well, he was, I, thought, I don't know exactly what it was last year, maybe 70%. He's 72% for his career. And to start this season, he's already at 89. He's 21 to 24. That's something that I want to look out for this season. Is this, is this actually the kind of free throw shooter that Sabonis is? Like, what's he going to look at? What's he going to look like when he gets up to like 100 attempts? Is he still going to be in that 80 range? Because if so, uh, that's great. And one of the, it, that that's kind of fueling maybe his offensive prowess, averaging 20 a game. He's cleaning the glass. And over the cup, he's starting to do a little, well, at least on the assist numbers, his assist numbers are up because he's doing some playmaking too. And so, and it's like, the thing about Sabonis, he's only 23. He's only 23 years old. Um, he's putting up crazy numbers. I mean, he needs to be, he's got to be a candidate for most improved this year and maybe even Brogdon, which I've heard I've, on some other podcast I was listening to Brock, someone, they said Brogdon, you know, should be a candidate for most improved. And I was like, yeah, you know what? I, he should, if he keeps this up, but, um, that's what we'll see. This is all, that's this, th- th- you got to take this with a grain of salt because it's only nine games. They haven't played a contender like it's kind of easy to see this this glass half full, especially when I'm I'm excited about the future for this team. Um, so the punchline here is I think Brogdon and Sabonis could be all stars. Um, it could be this year, but I should probably take a look at all the teams you know in the east or look at all the players in the Eastern Conference and kind of pick who I think might be over them. But just statistically, those are two solid um, players or candidates. And I think the Pacers are going to win some games here. And without Oladipo um, in the lineup, I think it's going to it's going to put the spotlight on these guys. Um, but it it all depends on how they do against better teams. So um, I, I think the Pacers have turned the corner. If you look at the uh, you know we're like four and one maybe over our last five games, and that loss was overtime to Charlotte, which sucked. Uh, but. Anyways, Brogdon, Sabonis, All-Stars, I think that could be a possibility uh, as we get through this season. Another thing that I've really liked so far, and this has also been some of my frustration, but um, I think overall it's been it's been really good, is the Jeremy Lamb, TJ Warren combination. Uh, when you look at those two players together, they're averaging 35 points a game for the Pacers right now. Um, that's awesome. I, that's, that's better than expected. I was hoping that they might average... And, and once again, it's like Turner's been out and Oladipo's not back. Sumner, who's, um, yeah, actually, I don't want to bring up Sumner yet. I don't know. It's just, they've got a lot of opportunity right now, but they're taking advantage of it. And I, I, I love the fact that they're, they're both, um, they both got it going on. They've shown flashes of it this early on in the season. Um, and in my opinion, it's, it's one or the other. Every night, every game, one of those two guys uh, has to show up and pop off 20 points, pop off 18 to 22 to 24 points. Hell, if you're TJ Warren, get 30. Who knows? Maybe get 40. Uh, but uh, and when it's not your night, if you're TJ Warren, if you're Jeremy Lamb, if it's the other guy's night, do other things, please. Do other things for this team. We've got you guys under contract for the next three seasons. And... Both of these guys are going into their prime. I think the chances of the Pacers winning an NBA championship, um, it's got to be that Jeremy Lamb, TJ Warren, uh, take their games to the next level 
in the Pacers uniform and become winners in the playoffs. And so far, so good with TJ Warren, uh, one of the knocks coming, uh, one of the knocks on his early, his career so far has been his defense. And he's talking about defense. He, I, I'm not a very good judge of talent when it comes to defense. I don't know when I'm watching the game. I think I'm only, I, I, I just, I don't know. I, I don't pay attention enough to like, I, it's to necessarily see, oh, this is how TJ Warren's impacting the defense. But like, his numbers are good. He's getting a lot of steals. And he was giving credit to Dan Burke the other day in an interview. He was saying like, you know, Dan Burke is teaching them, you know, how they need him to perform in this Pacers defensive system. So TJ Warren seems to be a guy who's, who's really bought in uh, on the defensive end, which is huge. And he's had some games where he didn't have the ball. He didn't, he, he wasn't scoring. Um, and then he's had some games where he did. He had a 33 point game. Um, he's shooting 52% from the field. And at the same time he's doing that, he's so bad from three right now. He's only at 25% from three. He's only, all he's going to do is that's got to go up. I mean, there's no way that he's a 25% three point shooter. And also from the free throw line, he's been struggling. 70, 70% from the free throw line. I thought he was going to be more like an 85 to 90% free throw shooter. I thought he was guaranteed uh, buckets, kind of like Carmelo Anthony from the free throw line. But he's playing solid D. I think the shot's going to come. Even with the poor shooting from three, you know, 52% still from the field. It's like, we'll take that. Because Warren has been, I mentioned, 33-point game. He's had a couple other games over 20. Um I'm I'm excited about TJ Warren. It's I'm very happy about this first nine games of the season. I want to love TJ Warren. I want TJ Warren to be kind of in that class of like Domas and Brogdon, uh, as far as the love. I I actually I love a lot of these Pacer players. This this team, um, it's kind of hard to find. I mean, outside of TJ Leaf, I don't even know who'd be my who'd be my second least favorite pacer, but it's a, it's a it's got to be a big gap. Um, I'm gonna come up with one. Probably. Hmm. Maybe Doug McDermott. Maybe Doug McDermott. But anyways, I like Doug McDermott a lot. So. It's just T.J. Leaf. I like everybody else, uh, but I want to love T.J. Warren. And then his co-partner, Jeremy Lamb, same thing. Got him on a, a nice contract for the next couple seasons. The thing that's, you know, outside, so first bad thing about Lamb, he's already missed three or four or five games of the season with injury. Um, I know he's, I'm, I'm recording this before the Orlando game on Sunday, and um, Jeremy Lamb's out again. I'll, I'll get to the injuries here in a second, but. Uh, w one of the things about Jeremy Lamb, man, he comes in and he has been aggressive with the ball. And he's put up big scoring nights. Um, he is somebody who really rebounds the basketball. He's averaging over, he's averaging seven rebounds a game. And you can just feel it. Like one of, probably the biggest thing about the Pacers that has sucked so far is how the other team's big guys are just dominating. It happens that we played Drummond three nights or three of the nine games. Um, also had to go up against Love and Thompson twice. Although it's like Love and Thompson, it's like, come on now, we need to be better than those guys. So getting dominated by those guys wasn't fun. But uh, having Jeremy Lamb in the game is, has been nice because he rebounds the basketball from the backcourt. And he's been a great free throw shooter. He's at 85%. Uh, 
Um, he's, he does a lot of stuff. He's getting steals and blocks. Um, that's I, I've really been impressed with Jeremy Lamb. I think the verdict's out on both Lamb and Warren. Like, um, I think they both could be really good. And same thing with, like, like TJ Warren, Jeremy Lamb, though, has been struggling from three. He's 28% from the from three-point line right now. So, but also like TJ Warren, he's 53% from the field. So he's actually, you know, even shooting a little bit better than TJ Warren. So both guys over 50%, but really struggling from three. I think that's just only going to change with the, I think they're going to start to hit, hit these shots. So I want to love Jeremy Lin. I, I do. Um, I'm excited for him. We got to see him on the court though. Looking, looking at these first nine games, I'm super hopeful for our young guys. It was a tough first three games of the season for our young guys. Lots of DNPs. Um, just lots of just like get you in the game and then get you right back out of the game. And I'm talking about Goga, Edmund Sumner, and Aaron Holiday. These are the young guys I want to talk about in this kind of section of... I'm hoping these guys are role player. Like I'm hoping these guys are playing in uh, the playoffs this year. And that's how much... Um, I think these are the three guys that we that we need to take over, like that McConnell, McDermott, Justin Holiday minutes. It needs to be these young guys as we go through these next three seasons. This season, maybe it's the maybe it's the vets, but as we move forward, it's like I want these young guys to to surpass those vets. Um, and they've all shown to me some of the things that are going to make them really good. And also, they've all started games already, so they've already got NBA starts in this early season, which I think is good because it has to make you feel um, valuable um, to the team is, is, you know, if you start a game, it's like, man, you know, we're putting you out there as one of the five guys that we want to set the, start this game with. And that's a big deal. You don't usually get, you don't get starts just because it just so happens that there's been a shit ton of injuries though. So a lot of these guys are getting the chances and they're making it, they're making most of it. So starting with Goga. Um, the last time I talked about, Go well, the first time I talked about Goga, I think I said in the same, like in the introduction of Goga, that maybe I thought he could be an all-star one day. And that was without even seeing him play. All I, I, I just watched highlights of him. And it wasn't the highlights that even made me feel like he was going to be an all-star. It's just that I loved um, his personality and I loved his, just the person of Goga, who I, I, I was sold on these um, little documentaries or whatever I, I watched of him. So I was, I was really, really high on Goga, and I still am. Uh, but then you start, then, then the season started, and, and when I look at these first nine games, it's been more disappointing than, I think there's been more dark, darkness than light in this first part of the season for Goga. Um, but maybe, you know, he is, the NBA's got to be a lot different than playing in the EuroLeague. He's a, he is kind of a younger guy. I think he's 20. Um, so I'm kind of wanting to get, make excuses for him. And be like, well, you know, it's probably pretty hard to to uh, pick up the NBA game and try to learn the defense, the schemes of the teams. Like, I don't know. It could be pretty hard on him. And maybe he's a player that takes a little bit longer to learn that stuff. Like, I don't know. Not everybody's going to just, like, uh, be like a wizard and just, like, pick up plays and shit, like, fast. And so, who knows? But um, he's so he, he he's looked lost to me the, the first nine games of the season. When I'm watching him out there on the court, he feels 
he just feels uncertain, especially this, the beginning part of the of the season. And then, like, I think over the past couple of games, um, he has looked a lot more comfortable. And that's where a lot of the light comes from, because Goga has shown he has he has a soft, soft touch, like Miles, Miles at least Miles Turner's softness. And that's nice because, you know, he's shown that he can he shoots the three. I'd like to see him shoot a little bit more even. Um, he shoots from the you know free throw line area. Uh, he's got some pretty powerful dunks. Um, he's got that soft touch though, which has been really nice. And then he's also shown s- flashes of being a really good uh, rim protector. And yes, he's been getting blocks, which is nice. Uh, but I'd like to. I think he's got a lot more potential when it comes to just affecting shots. Like I think he's been. That's where I've kind of noticed him to be a little bit lost or a little bit like he's just chasing blocks and gets out of position kind of the same way that Miles Turner was doing last year. Um, but overall, Goga, man, it's he's he's looked good at times, and he's looked very, very bad at times. One thing that you can say about Goga is he is a fan favorite at the moment uh, for the Pacers. I've, I've been fortunate enough to go to a couple of these games early on, and when he, uh, when he scores, it's the loudest that the arena gets. And just to say, you know, the arena's been a little, uh, a little, I- I'm not a guy that's in the stands like yelling. Um, I- I've just been a little disappointed maybe though in just like, I the arena hasn't, hasn't been sold, like it's not even close to getting sold out. So I don't know, maybe that's just kind of how the season goes because I, I, I kind of, um, think about the Pacers, like in the playoffs and stuff, I, I imagine that the, the crowd is crazy. Um, and I was kind of expecting that to be a little bit more the case, but it is super early in the season. And, um, you know, the Pacers weren't doing so hot and they haven't given us a ton to root for. Uh, if you're maybe just, uh, I don't know, whatever. Uh, going forward, Goga, I want. I can't wait to see what he does. Um as these, these games come up. Right now, he's injured with a concussion. He missed last game, and I think he's out again tonight against Orlando. So he needs to stay on the court, or get on the court, stay on the court. And I want to see Goga get up to, like, I don't know. I'd like He almost had a double-double. Twice he's had four blocks. Um, let's see it. Another super bummer injury, Edmund Sumner. He was the first bright spot, I think, of this, of this season for the Pacers was Edmund Sumner. Just the intensity that he brought on the defensive end, uh, being an elite athlete, his playmaking ability. He was he's an elite hustler. He had those highlights of Jim diving for the ball, oh, like over the scores table and shit like that. Like he's that kind of guy. His perimeter defense was really good, and he was showing some flashes on the offensive end and just getting the like rattling the rim with a nice dunk or uh, crossing somebody up and taking it to the hoop. He was dynamic in the open court, just being so so fast and. It's just hard to get in front of. So uh, Edmund Sumner shown a lot, but unfortunately, you know, he hasn't played. Uh, I think he did something with his hand, and he's been, I think he's out for probably three weeks maybe, uh, something like that. And that's been the, the, one, the one thing about Edmund Sumner and his, his basketball career is he has a lot of injuries history. And so he's, he's getting, always being impacted with his injuries. So hopefully this is something that, he, that doesn't bother him moving forward and he can be healthy uh, you know, in a couple weeks and because he was giving the Pacers a lot of nice nice stuff off the bench. Actually, he even started a game, uh, too. Um, 
Next young guy who I'm hopeful for, Aaron Holiday. You know, Aaron, he had a game where he had 19. He's started a couple games. He's our starting shooting guard um, tonight. I think he, this might be his third start. And he's looked good. I think the last, like, four or five games, he's looked a lot better than he did the first couple games. Because the bad thing about Holiday that you see is he has, he had, he's the culprit many times when you're like, oh, that, like, what? You know, what? Why would you do that? Like, it's very rare that you're watching basketball and you like think that you're like, what? That was that was dumb. Or like, the players don't usually make a lot of mistakes. They're professional. Uh, they're professionals at this. But like, Holiday makes makes those mistakes sometimes. Where it's like, oh, how did you? Like, why did you force that pass? Like, why did you try to do that? Why did you try to do a 360 layup and rather than just a you know, a, not he's he's not that bad. He's not he's not that bad. But um. Holiday, that that's the negative on Holiday at this point is just kind of his decision making. But he's a young point guard and he's got tons of athleticism, which now I'm getting into positives here. He's super springy. I like I love the idea of, of Sumner and Holiday in the backcourt off that bench. That just to me is super exciting because they can both score a little bit. Um, they can both get after it defensively. One of the things I've noticed with Holiday is he's been doing this thing where he gets charges. He, he draws charges. Um, as he's picking guys up like at half court, he'll be running along somebody. And he's, he's, th- I think he's done this three times already this season where as he's running along the guy with the ball, the, the guy with the ball will just put his arm out a little bit and Holiday's learned how to like take that initial hit and just fly um, because he's running. So it's easy to just kind of let yourself go. And he's picked up three charges and uh, that's been nice. I like that. It reminds me of like something TJ McConnell would do. And it's like, oh, maybe, uh, maybe some of McConnell is rubbing off on Aaron, which has been, which is really nice because Aaron's got a great, he's, he's just naturally a good scorer. He hasn't been shooting the ball that great, but he, he's had games. I think he had 18 or 19. Um, he's got scoring ability for sure. Uh, it's just a matter of knocking down the shots at this point, but he can get open shots. Uh, but for me with Aaron, it's like, what are you doing to affect the game without your scoring? Because the way that this team is structured, we got so many guys who can score. It's like not everybody's going to score every day. And that's what I really liked about, uh, I think, the starters. And, and when I talk about that Jeremy Lamb, TJ Warren combo, that's kind of what I'm thinking. It's like one or the other, sort of. Um, but anyways, Holiday, I'm super excited for him over the next couple weeks um, and into this season. I want to see, I want to see these young guys uh, really start to flourish and look like, oh shit, man, that's what the Pacers bench is going to look like in a couple seasons. Goga, Sumner, Holiday, all like 23, 24 years old. If anything, they could be awesome trade pieces too. Like who knows what this, this, this team I think is just so deep and we've got young talent and the Pacers, like just because we have all these injuries, we're getting to see these guys play, which has been awesome. And also stressful at the same time because I'd rather see uh, Oladipo in the lineup or Jeremy Lamb or, you know, whatever. Another young guy who's been doing, who's looked really good is Jakar Sampson. I love what Jakar Sampson brings to this roster. He is, uh, he's like the closest version of Dennis Rodman on this Pacers team. Like if we had a Dennis Rodman on our team, it would be Jakar Sampson. He is aggressive on defense. He's emotional out on the court he he shows his emotion he yells when he gets blocked shots he yells when he dunks he 
looks at the other team. He, he engages with the other team in, in kind of like a battle. And I love the fact that we have Jakar Sampson. I just had, he came out of nowhere for me. Like I had no idea that he was going to play and he's started. I think he's starting tonight. He's our starting power forward. So he, he's taken over for TJ Leaf. It, it's time to see TJ Leaf go, which is like, um, I don't know, whatever. Maybe it's not. It's, I don't want to, I'm not, it's, it's fine. But Jakar Sampson's look good. Alizé Johnson, on the other hand, he's not getting any minutes. Um, he's probably going to be spending some time in Fort Wayne this year. And who knows, maybe that's good. Maybe, maybe we need to see more from him. And frankly, Jakar is kind of a bigger version of what Alizé is. Although Alizé, he might have a better three-point shot. But that's the thing. It's like the Pacers don't really need um, three-point shooting from this, from this role. We need toughness. Uh, we need a bruiser. We need someone who's going to fire us up. We're going to need someone who, um, kind of like a Kendrick Perkins type role is what I'm imagining. Almost like a little bit of an enforcer. Um, you know, make a, I don't know, just kind of the opposite of Turner. Uh, what else? What else about this this season? I think, you know, I just got to say the the bad news has been the injuries and Hopefully we're just getting him out, getting him out of the way now. But you know, Miles Turner sprained right ankle. He's missed three or four games already. Uh, he still hasn't. He's not coming back yet. I don't think he's playing tonight, tonight against Orlando. No, he's not playing against. No, he's he's a or he's probable. Not, not even probable. <laughs> the word I'm looking for is he's possibly playing against Orlando. Um, I don't think he'll play, but. Uh, he's there, and he might. Uh, Sumner out a couple of weeks with that fractured hand. Bummer. Sabonis missed a couple. He's missed a game already. Jeremy Lamb's out with the hip. Something with his hip. Goga banging his head against the ceiling. I don't know how he got a concussion. Um, but it's been interesting. It's made for some interesting starting lineups. You know, we had a game where we started uh, Malcolm Brogdon, Jeremy Lamb, T.J. Warren. Jakar Sampson at power forward and Goga Batatse as our starting center. And I think we won that game. So we've had to use 10 guys in the starting lineup to start the season. Good thing about the Pacers, the free throw shooting is much improved. Uh, they're fourth in the NBA at 82%. The bad news, it's been the three-point shooting that's really struggled. Not only are the Pacers not getting up the attempts, but they're not really even connecting on those. Brogdon's like 34%. Um, Man, who, oh, I mentioned like TJ Warren, 25%, Jeremy Lamb, 28%. It's just, uh, it's not been pretty from three. Aaron Holiday's kind of struggled. So, but that's okay. It's early and I, we still have really good shooters. I think those guys will turn it around, at least increase it a little bit more. Um, and we'll see. So what's next? That this This was kind of the... I don't know. It's been a good. It's been a good start to the season. I'm kind of glad that it wasn't easy. You know, it kind of. It's like this. This season's not going to be easy. There's a lot of work that needs to be done. This isn't. This isn't a team that's ready. Um, they're not proven by any means. Uh, obviously, they're not getting any any uh, respect from like national media for the most part. Uh, and it's probably rightfully so. I mean. 
I was when like I I when before the season started, I was pissed that people were saying Miami was going to be better than the Pacers, but Miami's better than the Pacers, so it's like what do I know? Um, but I do think that the Pacers are still. I think we are going to be good. I, I I believe in what what's going on here, and looking forward into this season, these are some of the things I'm I'm most interested in. How do we look against contenders? How do we look against the best teams in the NBA? And, you know, we're going to see that in five days whenever we go up against Houston and Milwaukee. Um, I think I think that the, the, the team has been improving every game, especially the energy and kind of the, on the defensive end. Every game they've been getting a little bit better and better. And I'm interested to see how that improvement continues once Turner comes back into the lineup, because even if Turner doesn't play tonight against Orlando, he's probably going to play uh, Tuesday against um, the Thunder, uh, or maybe he waits all the way up until we we need him the most against you know Houston. And um, I'd like to see him play against the Thunder to get kind of shake the rust a little bit if he doesn't get any run tonight. Uh, so how how's he going to do? How's he going to impact what's What's been going on well on the inside with the Pacers that we've been we've been on the the positive end of some of these rebounding numbers, and that's been without Turner in the lineup. So when he comes back in, if those numbers flip on us again, it's not just all about the numbers, but like if they flip, you know, uh, we need we need we need Turner to be really good. I think if this team wants to win a championship. Uh, Miles Turner's got to be really good. And so far to start this season, he had that really good scoring night to start the season. He got like 25 points and nine assists. But the blocks haven't been there. He uh, obviously missed a lot of games now with the injuries, but those first four games, but the whole team was struggling. So Turner hasn't been able to play since the team kind of got their mojo back. But at the same time, he was on the court when we didn't have our mojo. So it actually was on the, it was that fourth game of the season against Brooklyn. We started 0-3. We pl- went up against Brooklyn. Turner gets injured. I don't remember exactly how the game played out. Like I don't necessarily think it was Pacers suck, 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 suck. Turner gets injured. Pacers awesome, 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 awesome. I don't know if that was the case, but uh, so I don't want to kill Turner for not being there, but you know, the Pacers have looked good since he went down, so when he comes back, I will, hopefully we continue to look good and we and, and it's not, not a problem with, with Turner. Um, what does Goga Patat say? This is this is the last question I have. There, you know, that I'm going to share at least, or my last thought I have moving forward in the season is: What is Goga? Is Goga? Is Goga a double double? Is Goga? Um, does he have kind of that star potential? Do we see him in the open court making moves off the dribble? Even um, does he learn uh, where to be positioned at and start to like really affect the interior defense? Uh, uh, above average to elite level? Does he show flashes of, of having that ability to like be a game changer? Um, I, I've seen him do a little bit of like passing too. He looks to be a pretty good passer. Um, one of the things that I remember from, and this is actually, I think why I got so in love with Goga to start with was his connections to Jokic. And so Nikola Jokic for the Nuggets, he's like 6'10", 6'11", kind of the same, you know, body as Goga. Jokic is a little thicker, um, but Jokic can sh- shoot the three. Jokic is averaging like seven or eight assists. He's a great passer. 
Um, he's, he's, he's tough inside. Uh, so Agoga has that kind of same uh, DNA to some degree, and they were teammates at one point. They were teammates when before Jokic got drafted. Or did he get drafted? Probably. I don't know. Yeah, because Goga got... Yeah, I'm sure Jokic got drafted. Um, but, you know, he was playing professional overseas uh, in the EuroLeague, and same with Goga. Goga was like 16. Jokic was probably 20 or 18 or 19. And so my point is, Goga, I think, was in the summertime at least, was talking about how he, he, his, his competition is, is Jokic out there. I think he's, he sees what Jokic is doing, and he's like, I can do that. I, I can be that same type of player, uh, which would be so, so cool for the Pacers if Goga turns really, really good. Damn, we could be so good. Uh, okay, so that's what I'm looking forward to moving forward. Uh, forward, forward, forward. Um, I think they got the, they got this, they tip in about 20 minutes tonight against Orlando, at Orlando. Um, you know, the Magic, they were a playoff team last year. This year, they're struggling a little bit. Uh, they're three and six to start the season. Uh, and so it's a very winnable game for the Pacers, but the, the Magic are going to be ready to go. Uh, it's going to be an away game. It's a winnable game, but I don't think it's one that's like, it's all about how we play and how do we look uh, energy-wise. Then we come home Tuesday night, Oklahoma City, uh, Western Conference team. They got Chris Paul, uh, Steven Adams, another bruising center, another challenge for Turner and Sabonis and Jakar Sampson and the front court for this Pacers team. We're going to have a big, a big guy. What about Orlando? Yeah, Orlando, they got, uh, they have a uh, Vucevic, Nikola, or yeah, Nikola Vucevic. And uh, he's, a, he's a bruiser, but yeah, I guess we'll see how the Pacers do against him tonight. OKC at home, uh, another winnable game. And then Friday at Houston, and then Saturday night home against the Bucs. Um, those, are, those are the two games that I'm looking forward to seeing the most. Hopefully Turner's back for those games. But realistically, I'm looking forward to the next, you know, these four games. And one to two wins is kind of what I'm expecting. So I'm not necessarily expecting us to, 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 I'm definitely not expecting us to win all four games. That would be incredible. Um, three would be a tall task, I think, for this team at this point. Uh, two would be what I would hope for. And one would just be like, all right, how did we play? You know, um, obviously, though, it would suck to go 0 and 4. What else? I don't think that's it. I think that's it. Yeah. It's, uh, it's been good. It's been good to be a Pacers fan. And uh, that's all I got. Appreciate you checking out the pod. And uh, hope everybody has a great week. Peace.